my interview with Barry Henson, DaleWileyShow.com. All right. So this afternoon, I'm talking to the very interesting and very, you have an interesting career, and I so want to hear about Barry Henson. And so tell me, how are you today? Well, I'm doing good. I'm back at home uh, at Oklahoma State University. And uh, right. my wife and I, uh, once we left uh, Southern Illinois University, we spent about six months with my wife uh, and daughter, and uh, or two daughters, my wife and I did. And we moved back to Stillwater almost, uh, will be a year ago, uh, next month. So it's it's just good to be home. Well, that is fun. And, you know, I know that you have such love for Oklahoma State, but you also, um, of course, came up and were involved in the Missouri State program. And so tell me about your time at Missouri State. Well, I was involved at Missouri State, and it was you know, really nine of probably some of the most memorable years of my life. And uh, my wife and I still to this day think of Springfield as a home. Uh, uh-huh. Bring that up. My mom actually still lives there, and we're getting ready to move her to Stillwater Oh, really? Literally, Dale, next week. So, uh, wow. That shows you how much uh, Springfield meant to us because when I left to go to Kansas and then uh, became the head coach of Southern Illinois, we right. kept her there in Springfield at that time and because she loved the community and she loved her church. And, and then my father passed away. Uh, uh, it'd be the Tuesday before Thanksgiving of last year. And uh, we just decided to bring her here at this time and be where she could be closer with family. Well, you know, of course, let's talk about what was it like, your kind of climb to a head coaching position. Tell me about that. Well, I I think it was just like anybody else's, except uh, I I took a route of, uh, I started off coaching seventh grade AAU, (laughs) and then I coached junior high, uh, and then I went to the junior varsity, and then I went to high school, and uh, I went 0 for 5, Dale, on interviews before I... Uh, could even become a college assistant and then my relationship with a guy who's very dear to me and still dear to me to this day uh, hired me, uh, Bill Self which is now the right. head coach at the University of Kansas and yes, Bill hired me deal. at Oral Roberts yeah, he's kind of a big deal and uh, he hired me to be his assistant at Oral Roberts University and when he left to go to Tulsa uh, as the head coach there I became the head coach at Oral Roberts and that's when my career started and I got a chance to be uh well, this will be my 26th year in Division One athletics, and I was a head coach for 18 years, and uh, very fortunate. Well, and, you know, so, I mean, I just think that your story is so interesting, and, you know, because you came a different route than most people do. And so um, what did you learn during the time when you were climbing the rank as a very unique way? Well, I, I think one of the things you find out from me, Dale, is that uh, you know, I was like a stray dog. You fed me once, and I wouldn't go away. So, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't take no for an answer. And I had my mindset, this is what I wanted to do. I started off as a pre-law political science major here at Oklahoma State, and I really thought I would always end up in politics and possibly run for the governor. At that time, I worked for the governor of Oklahoma, who which later became – a United States Senator, very well-respected David Boren, and then later became the president of the University of Oklahoma. And I always thought that's the route that was going to take. And and it's also what route my wife thought I was going to take. She 
I kind of stamboozled her into marrying me, and uh, then she, <laughs> up, she looks up and she's got a coach, so she she didn't get a really good deal on the train at the, at the first the marriage. Well, and so why not why not that road? What made you change? Well, the one of the things is you know what was amazing and what helped me change more so than anything was I couldn't afford to go to college, so I had to do the work study program. Uh, I took what's at that time was called the BEOG, the Basic Educational Opportunity Grant. And then at that time, we also had OTAG, which was an Oklahoma tuition and aid grant. And uh, and I'm one of the 1% that's actually paid back their student loans. So really? I was I was there uh, at the college work-study program. And of all the places they assigned me, at that time, it was called Gallagher Hall. Of course, it's now called Gallagher Iba Arena. And right. I worked for Mr. Iba. Yeah, I worked around college basketball and uh, got to see the Cowboys practice every day. And quite frankly, Dell, I fell in love with it, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a coach. Tell me about Mr. Iba. Tell me about him. Now, I, I, I think the best way to describe Mr. Iba is the first time I ever met with Mr. Iba, I went out to his house, and uh, I pulled out a notebook, and he said, you put that away. I'm going to talk, and you're going to listen. And the first <laughs> okay. thing he told me, yeah, exactly. The first thing he told me, he said, all you pups, all you're worried about is how to put that orange thing in the hole. The first right. thing you got to figure out is how to keep that orange thing out of the hole. And okay. I'll never forget that as long as I live, and it still is true today. And so when you were when you were doing that, I mean, who was – I mean, Bill himself was obviously very important, but who was – the most important in your learning? Well, I, I think it, when you talk about learning, uh, then we really have to take a sidebar here, and it was my vocational agriculture instructor, Ernest Muncree. Really? With the exception of my mother and father, he, without a doubt, was the most influential person in my life. And uh, he introduced me to public speaking. He introduced to me to the uh, farming side, ranching side of life. And uh, it really, uh, you know, we were always blue collar because my dad was a Southern Baptist minister in a small town, and we, you know, we didn't make a lot of money. Matter of fact, the most my daddy ever made was thirty-four thousand dollars. And uh, but we never were, we never went without. Right. And uh, we felt like we were the richest family in the neighborhood because of my mother and father. But I would say uh, Mr. Muncreef was, without a doubt, the most influential person inside my life, uh, outside of my family. Well, that is, that is super cool. And now tell me about your barbecue tips. <laughs> well, didn't take long to get that, did it? Well, you know what was amazing when I was here at Oklahoma State University? I went to school, and there was a guy at this time named Oklahoma Joe. Joe Davidson was his name. Right, yes. And he started a company called Oklahoma Joe's. Yes. And, uh, you know, Joe now runs a barbecue joint out of Broken Arrow. And I don't know Joe as well as I do his brother, Roger. And Roger has what's called Horizon Smokers, and you can get on a website and look and see what those guys done. It's absolutely phenomenal. I have a trailer uh, that's about 14 feet long that Roger and them built for me way back. And uh, I've had this trailer now for almost 20 years, and it still looks brand new to the day. And uh, they're actually going to refurbish it for me. It's kind of funny. When they built them, uh, Dale, they came out, they were red. Well, you, you can't coach in Stillwater, 
and have any <laughs> red. So uh, yeah. I'm getting it refurbished down to orange and black. But uh, I started barbecuing uh, literally back when I was in college, and uh, I still do it today. Matter of fact, I barbecued last night, and uh, we fed from anywhere from 500 people to five people. And wow. I enjoy it. I love it. Uh, I learned a long time ago, especially through recruiting, that the way to a person's heart is through their stomach. And, I would think so. Uh, yeah. I, I believe that in my I believe that in my whole entirety. And so now, you know, talk about your faith. What do you have to say about that? Well, I've been I've been blessed. I, you know, I was raised uh, in in a family that faith uh, was so important, and uh, I I cannot I can't fathom living in our society right now with all the things that we have that we have going on that there's isn't something that we couldn't have that we could hold on to that would be solid on a daily basis and that's our faith. Sure. And if we didn't have that, I, I I just like I said, I can't fathom where we would be right now. And and I it's just uh I'd like to be able to tell you that I'm an angel. Uh, I've got no halos, Lord knows I've I'm, I'm going to have to make sure to a bunch of stuff when I get to the gates. But uh, I've been blessed to be raised in a loving and Christian family, and uh, uh, I've been, I, like I said, I've just been very blessed. And uh, I'm glad the Lord is a forgiving Lord because Lord knows every day that I, I need I need His forgiveness and grace. Definitely. And so, what is Oklahoma State going to be like this year? Well, we have a chance to be special. Uh, we have uh, we have an outstanding group of young men. Uh, it's been really fun to be around these guys. We're going to be a little unusual. We really don't have uh, what you would call uh, a Bob Curlin anymore here at Oklahoma State, a guy that could truly play with his back to the basket. But we all we do have the projected number one draft pick uh, in the NBA for next year in Kate Cunningham. Right. Uh, we have whom I consider one of my favorite players that I've ever been around, and Isaac Eichley, and he's just one of those guys that just gets a little bit of done here and there in every aspect. And uh, we're going to be uh, – we may look like the Houston Rockets at times, uh, Dale. We're going to be a little small, but, uh, uh, you know, I think we'll uh, I think we'll be okay. You know, we'll be uh, – they may call us the Seabiscuits of college basketball. Who knows? <laughs> I was picturing a big, big beard. Maybe that was the, maybe that was how we really used rockets. But yeah. other than that, I just think you're, it's amazing, and I'm so glad to be able to talk to you and hear your stuff. Well, I appreciate that. Yes. Well, thank you very much. And where can they find you? Uh, just Oklahoma State. Is that the best way to find you? Or, yep, that's the best way to find me. And of course. Uh, I, I haven't made uh, I haven't made the uh, post office board yet, but uh, I've still got ways to work that out. So uh, you know, you can they can find me now. I'll be on the I'll be on the bench with Oklahoma State with Mike Boynton, and uh, well, that, uh, I tell you, I've been very blessed to be a part of his staff. Well, that's so exciting, and thank you so much for having an interview with me. I love it. Okay, Dale, have a great day, and God bless. All right, you too. DaleWileyShow.com. Do you love music? Do you know about the musical map of Missouri? Dallas Wayne, Chuck Berry, Dave Alvin, Robbie Folks, The Skeletons, The Ozark Mountain Daredevils, Uncle Tupelo, Wayne Carson, Nellie, Lou Whitney, Symptoms Morel, Kansas City, Jeff City, St. Louis, St. Joe, Columbia, Buckle of the 
Bible Belt. The studio on South Avenue in Springfield. Springfield. Springfield, Missouri. Add the Missouri Music Podcast to your list of favorites. Lawyer, author, and Slewfoot Records label owner Dale Wiley takes you on a musical trip around Missouri while raising funds for Musical Map of Missouri, a nonprofit organization which will help ensure Missouri musicians affected by COVID-19. Visit MissouriMusicPodcast.com for more information. Tune in to the Missouri Music Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.